no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Hola, Presnay Dog. It's time to bear down. Let's go. Cousin Heidi in the building. We appreciate you rocking with us. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. On today's show, we break down the Bears' 45 to 30 loss against the Green Bay Packers and A Dub. Worst surprise, but this game was a big ass fucking tease, man. Another tale of two halves. That was one of the best words to describe it, friends. A tale of two halves, man. Looks like we can huh, get in the first half. Second half was a different story. Well, that's what happens in the NFL, man. Teams adjust. The Packers made adjustments. Matt Nagy, true to himself, did not adjust. He got out coached once again. When you look at this situation here, and I've been talking about it so much on the show when it comes to Nagy, yeah, he's going to get fired at the end of the season, but there's so much more with this team that needs to be done. Getting rid of Nagy is just only one part of the equation. You got to change the culture on this team. You got a quarterback in Justin Fields who has the opportunity to be a generational talent in this NFL. However, he's going to be held back if they don't just change the way this whole structure is set up. This thing is not built for success. And I'm just saying, we get on this show every week and we talk about this happened and we didn't like this. All that shit don't matter because at the end of the day, if they don't break this thing apart, then we're going to keep saying the same shit every week. It's just, it's, it's tiring to get on here and say the same shit to the audience every week. We know what the problem is. They need to fucking do something about it. That shit starts at the top of this organization. And you hit it right on the head right there, Perez. You're right. I mean, you talk about Justin Fields. Do you want the same type of culture that's working with him? And that's going to be another disaster right there for Justin Fields of us not setting him up for success long term. I mean, we're already seeing it right now. The kid's all banged up. He was talking in the press so that he was playing about 90% health-wise. I don't want my franchise quarterback out there playing at less than 100%. I know people will say, well, Perez, a lot of guys at this point in the season aren't at 100%. I get that. But he's at a very important position where he's taking hits. And you even saw in this game today, he was taking even more hits. I was kind of worried about him, too. He took one hit, I believe, in the fourth quarter, and he started doing push-ups. But I'm like, you know what? I know you want to let everyone know that you're okay, but really, it's just not cool for you to keep taking all those hits, man, because uh, they're adding up. So I don't want this kid to continue to take those type of hits for us. I mean, these are cracked ribs. Cracked ribs are nothing to fuck around with. And, yeah, I appreciate his toughness in that moment, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm tired of seeing him taking those hits like that. It's just, it's too much. Every time the guy gets hit, I'm cringing because I'm expecting the worst. And this is my thing. You drafted up to get this quarterback. Good move. However, this offensive line that you have there, they're not getting it done. So it's like, there's so much to win into the makeup of this team this year, this offseason, that's just been awful. We keep talking about the same shit over and over again, man. I'm just sick and tired of it. The secondary is trash. But Ryan Pace was the one that went into this season, thought the secondary was going to be conducive for having a successful season. The same thing with this offensive line. We got two rookies at the tackle position right now. Two rookies. And that's not helpful right there. Two rookies. And you saw one of them look too good today. And then you think, like you said, you talk about the uh, secondary when Pace tried all these different experiments to get the uh, secondary together. But again, there's no help for Jalen Johnson. He's a one-man show. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Artie Burns and his fucking Vildor and Marky Christian. And it's just all these guys are just misfits out there. Crawford, and I know he got hurt with the <laughs> concussion. But in no universe should that guy be fucking defending 
Devontae Adams one-on-one in a fucking game with no help. What are we doing, Desai? That is this awful scheme, awful play calling there. What are we doing? Shouldn't Jalen Johnson be on Adams? Why is this guy crawling on him? Desai made a big mistake on that play, and it cost us. Well, let's get into this. So, audience, the Bears are 4-9 on the season, A-Dub. We have lost seven of the last eight. And as I mentioned on the last episode when Big Dave was chopping it up with me, we had some promise in this season. We were 3-2 and two at one point. And you and I talked about this when we were in Vegas, A-Dub. We was kind of like, all right, I think we might be on to something here now. We, we, we had some good vibes <laughs> going. But look at us now. It's been awful. This is now six yeah. straight losses to Green Bay, bro. We've lost the last 11 of 12 to them. It's, it's ridiculous. Ouch. It's ridiculous. Ouch. Very ridiculous to lose that many games. And this is why I keep saying to Nagy, you should be ashamed of yourself. If Prez not talked about this, the one thing you have to do in Chicago is beat Green Bay. That's a religion here in Chicago, beat Green Bay. You mm-hmm. got to beat them if you're going to be the head coach of this football team. You can't do that. You're already behind the eight ball. And that's the thing. As the fan base, we know that that's important. I'm just getting sick and tired of them putting this Green Bay Bears game on primetime TV. Stop putting us on primetime TV until this fucking rivalry actually matters again. And when I say that, it's not relevant because we just get embarrassed every fucking time we go primetime TV against the Packers. We are not relevant in this rivalry anymore. We are on the bad end of this thing every time, and I'm just getting sick of it. I'm getting sick and tired of seeing Aaron Rodgers with a little smirk on his face. I'm getting sick and tired (laughs) of when Chris Collinsworth is on this broadcast and he's so slanted and how he's calling this game. And he's a quasi-fucking Aaron Rodgers Green Bay Packers fan. It's like, come on, man. You in the media, bro. Be objective. Call the shit both ways. What are you doing? That's a good point you bring up, Chris, because I did not see the objectivity. Primetime game for us. We should not be on there against the Green Bay. Um, As Aaron Rodgers has been saying, he owns us, Chris. He has owned us. And like you said, the commentators, they're all Green Bay friendly, right? Green Bay friendly. And um, so until we really get a team working, being effective, win the games, we need to realize that, hey, right now, Green Bay is on top. Yeah, I mean, and it's tough to hear you say that, but that's just facts. I mean, we got to call a spade a spade here. And I told you at the time, I didn't like the comments that he made, but that was on us to go out there and show him what time it was. We didn't do it. We did not get the job done. Another ale. All right, A-Dub, man, let's, let's recap some of our keys to victory for this game. So, obviously, it didn't happen today. But going into the matchup, <laughs> in the preview pod, I said the third phase had to get it done today. And the reason why that was a big key for me, A-Dub, was I felt like that was going to be an advantage for us. The punt game, returning, tackling on special teams, all that sort of thing. And so, in this matchup, we saw my boy Jakeem Grant, who was my Week 13 Offensive Game Ball recipient. He had himself quite a game. And that 97-yard punt return touchdown that he had in that first half, that was a nice little shot in the arm for this team. That was a big play. Um, it kept the momentum on our side. The 97-yard touchdown, I was like, wow. Something you don't see every day, right, in this league, talk about punt returns. So, man, he ran it back for us. Good to see from Grant. And one thing to note on that is that he actually put himself in the franchise record book because that was the longest punt return touchdown uh, dating back to the 60s from what I from what I saw earlier. So, shout out to you, Jakeem Grant. 97 yards, Perez. Yes, sir. And then the second key I had was the coverage opposite of Jalen Johnson. So you mentioned that a second ago when you talked about the guys in that two spot. And those guys are just not getting it done. We're just seeing too many holes on our defense right now in the secondary. It seems like every time 
these teams go back to snap the ball on us. They're getting these nine-yard completions with ease. And so even in the game today, I thought Jalen Johnson, even though he was decent on Devontae Adams in the first half, Devontae Adams was still going to get his. Devontae Adams still put up pretty solid numbers, but I thought that coverage in the secondary opposite of Jalen, they let that defense down today again. Big time. I mean, like you said, those short passes to Lazard, they could see you to eat up those yards, friends, and they were getting catches with ease. Like you said, opposite Jalen Johnson, we had no one else that can cover. It's pathetic, bro. It's really pathetic that this is what you decide to do, Brian Pace, with this damn defense. We cut Kyle Fuller. I know. I've said this shit many, many times, but I'm going to keep fucking saying it because I hated the move then, and I hate it now because this is what we're dealing with right now. If you were going to cut the guy, then at least have a plan of, of attack in place and say, all right, well, we cut this guy. We know he was a, a big fixture in this team. But, hey, we got an up-and-coming young guy that's going to be able to come in. He's going to step up. But you didn't have that. It was just awful. They had no plan of attack. And then they said, oh, well, we're just going to put Vildor in this position that he obviously isn't built for and he's not ready for. It's just awful, man. That's why I get so pissed off when I'm looking at this team right now. Yeah, this roster has talent, but it also has a lot of holes in it, eh, Doug? <laughs> right. And you see right now, it's been very obvious for weeks that there is a hole opposite of Jalen Johnson. We talked about Eddie Jackson not really being fully on board with his play. But again, the secondary really has been a major problem for us. Friends. And going forward, it's going to continue to be that way until we do something about it. Guys like Vildor aren't ready, you know? So that's what's starting to show. It's been showing for weeks. Just to throw out there one of my keys to you, I thought that with us, I really thought that time of possession was going to be huge against Green Bay. And I told you, how do we keep time of possession? One of the things we got to stay away from is turnovers. Turnovers hurt us today. It really did against Green Bay. Yeah, two key turnovers that led to their points. Yeah, and, and that's tough to see. But also, too, the reason why I like that key so much, A-Dub, is time of possession against Aaron Rodgers is vital to keeping him off the fucking field which is also why with my key, what I wanted that third phase to get the job done was I thought if we pinned them back close to their goal line, it boded well for success for us. However, we see that Aaron Rodgers just did what he needed to do in that game. Four touchdowns today. I mean, like you said earlier, man, for a lack of better words, the guy still owns us. He still owns us. And to see him throw over 300 yards again with four touchdowns, like, God darn it. I mean... Again, again, for us, we know that he's a great quarterback. I mean, I take nothing away from him, right? We never said this guy was a bum. We know how great he is. But at the end of the day, we were hoping better from our team to show what we can do and how we can hang in there if we couldn't today. No, we couldn't. And I would just say this for our Packers fans, because we get a couple of them that'll occasionally listen to the show and, and they'll they'll get in, the, in our DMs and make their little comments. Again, I love it. It's all fun and games for me when I make comments about you guys having Jordan Love as your quarterback in the future. Just remember. The Aaron Rodgers is going to be gone in a few months. He's going to be gone. That man's going to Pittsburgh or he's going to Denver. So just remember my words. Justin Ooh. Fields is going to show you guys what time it is. You guys saw a glimpse of it today. It's only the beginning, baby. Only the beginning, Packers fans. Trust me. The same thing to make you laugh or make you cry. I keep telling y'all that. <laughs> oh, yeah. When this season ends, because you're right, some huge possibility that Aaron Rodgers could be leaving the division. And it's up for grabs after that. And I believe the Bears have a good chance with Justin Fields. Yep, exactly, man. And I think one of the things, too, when I looked at this matchup, I saw the fact Hakeem Hicks was going to be out of the game. He got downgraded to out. And that was a tough blow for us on defense, not to have him out there, because when he spoke to the media the other day, you could tell how much this rivalry means to him. 
And also, too, you could tell how much his time here in Chicago has meant to him, A-Dub. So when I listen to a guy like that, proud veteran, I know sometimes some people will say Hakeem Hicks is a little prickly to deal with. It is what it is. It comes with the territory, man. The guy's got pride, you know, and and he he loves being here in Chicago. He loves playing for this organization. He gets the importance of this rivalry. And I wish that more people on this roster saw this rivalry the way that he does. That's one thing I got to give Hicks credit, man. He's a competitor, Perez. He knows what's at stake. As you and I talked about it already, man, it's a big deal going against Green Bay when you're playing against them. And Hicks is one of those guys who've been around for a while, Perez. He totally understands that. And the fact that he had to get a chance to reminisce on his career with, with the Bears and now thinking about the fact that he might not longer be here in the future, that was just even tough to hear as well. Yeah, that was tough to hear because he knows it. We, the fan base, we all know it. We know he's not coming back here next season. And I think that's why it was hard for him to even kind of talk through that because he was in a sense, Adele, trying to soften the blow of what's getting right. ready to come. Yeah, he was, man. And I tell you, if, if you're a Bears fan, you were mixed Hicks because you know what? Even watching this game here, I missed him in this game, Perez, because I know what he would have done up the middle. And you saw Green Bay get some yards through the middle. They were able to get their run game together in that second half. But that's one thing about Hicks. He's one of those guys who stopped the run. He's a big factor. So not having him, it's going to be a hole right there, Perez. It's a hole. And also, I mean, the other part, too, the leadership, but he brings that juice. So, yeah, from a, from an X and O's standpoint, yeah, he's really good at neutralizing that run. But the biggest thing that I think that he brings to this defense, though, is his energy out there. When he gets all fired up out there, that shit is infectious and it gets the other guys fired up. I didn't see any of that on our defense today. I didn't see anybody getting those guys up and getting them going. That's what Hakeem Hayes brings to the table. And we were missing that in this game today, and we're going to miss that going forward with him. That toughness right there, Perez. That's one thing I like about Higgs. Yeah, man, we're going we're gonna to miss that. And um, it's sad to even have to think about it, Perez, but it's very unfortunate for us. Another thing that's unfortunate is the fact that A-Dub, you and I, we were surprised what we saw in the first half of this game. The Bears played a pretty good half. It wasn't a perfect first half, but it was a good half of football. They had the lead going into the half, 27 to 21. But the one thing that I was thinking the whole time is, what, what, we, what are we going to do when we get out of that third quarter? Because as I mentioned, Matt Nagy has a tendency of not making adjustments. Teams adjust against him. He never responds. And that's exactly what we saw here. And we've seen this movie so many times before, A-Dub. We all knew how this game was going to end. That was like, uh, they get the ball back at half. Um, it's going to be trouble <laughs> because we can't stop them, man. They score right away. That's going to be problems for us. And you made a good point when you said that, hey, we don't make adjustments. And that's where I really give Nagy the most grief at right there for us. The inability to make adjustments in the second half of football games. Yeah, it's fucking pathetic. It's fucking pathetic. Because I'm just going to look at this game and I'm just going to call it what I saw. For 15 minutes in this game tonight, the Bears were everything that Matt Nagy's been promising that this team was going to be over the last four years that he's been here as the coach. They were explosive. The young quarterback was playing pretty well. Special teams did well. Right. And that's the area of the Matt Nagy that they haven't necessarily been really good at. So, Fast forward in this ball game a little bit to halftime. And A.W., you already know where I'm going with this. When Catherine Tappen asked Matt Nagy about his first half assessment, this man had the nerve to say, I'm having so much fun. Well, you know what, Matthew? We're not having fun. This shit is awful being a Bears fan because of you. You have ruined this franchise for us, man. It's fucking, yeah. it's nauseating. So I'm glad you were having fun out there being you. But that shit wasn't fun for us because we knew what was happening. And your boy Ryan Pace left the game with 10 minutes left. He couldn't stomach it anymore. And I thought that was a coward move, too. You going to leave the game, bro? 
outs, outs, outs. To me, you leave the game, you pretty much just threw in the towel. And that's unfortunate even to see as well. So it's like this team, like you said, Perez, Nagy's out there thinking he's having fun. We're not having fun at all, man. There's no fun about losing. There's no, no fun about looking at your team and saying, you know what? Oh, we're not going to make any adjustments in the second half. You and I talked about this on this pod several times, Perez. A tale of two halves. How many times are you going to say that? <laughs> How many times are you going to say that, man? It's going to be on his tombstone when he get fired. Another tale of two halves. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Matt Nagy era. You can see the writing on the wall at this point. I mean, I mean, a lot of Bears fans, you and I, Perez, I can't see them bringing Nagy back under these circumstances. He comes back, we riot. I'm sorry. There's, there's no <laughs> way. There's no way. Now, I have to give the team as a whole some credit. Now, I don't have a lot of credit for y'all because I'm going to hammer y'all a little bit later on in the show. But I give them credit because they haven't quit on their coach. And I think that should mean something because these are some tough circumstances to be playing on. These guys, have they have pride. You know these guys care about winning for the most part, but they haven't quit on them. No, that's a good point, Perez, because that's one thing I was worried about when it came down to the Bears about how they are in the locker room, right? Are they going to eventually just throw in the towel? If you see them come out fighting against Green Bay, you're right, it wasn't a perfect half, but they came out fighting, right? The defense showed up in that first half. It was like, yeah, you know what? This team has not quit. Justin Fields you know, was energetic. He brought a, a different juice to this team coming back. So it's like this team was kind of fired up for us uh, for that, in that first half. So it didn't look like the Bears quit on them. Look, they're still playing hard. That takes a lot to be a losing football team to be 4-8 and eight and still playing this hard uh, with trying to get a win. But at least seeing that the effort is out there. Well, and I think the other big thing, too, to think about with this situation is no one expected the Bears to put up those amount of points in the first half of the game. I mean, 27 points, that's an offensive explosion. For the Chicago Bears, and they did that in one half of football. That was a shocker for me because I didn't think they would put up that many points. You know what I had my prediction was? I was like, they may put up 20 points in this game. But having 27 in the first half, it was like, wow. You know, you guys coming out on primetime TV making this a great game. So that first half was great. Like I said, it wasn't perfect, but, hey, I saw some things there in that first half that was encouraging. I liked right. what I saw it for the most part on both sides of the ball. We're going to get into that here in a second. But one thing I wanted to get your thoughts on was, Seeing Jason Peters get rolled up on in the first quarter of the game, that was tough to see because Jason Peters, in my opinion, has been the best offensive lineman that we had. At 39 years old, that guy's getting the job done. So with him coming out of the game, and we talked about in the preview part, Tevin Jenkins, he was going to be the backup, and he was going to be coming in potentially if something happened with Peters. Now, you made a little bit of an allusion to Tevin Jenkins earlier in the show, earlier uh, you know, in the recording here, and I wanted to get your thoughts on, on his performance because while – I thought, yeah, there were some times that he didn't look that good. I was actually encouraged by what I saw from him, but I wanted to get your thoughts on, on Tevin Jenkins. I thought Tevin Jenkins had a bad showing, Perez. Okay, but, yeah. But he didn't quit, though. He did not quit. Still playing hard, Perez. Still trying to figure things out. What I realized from him was like, you know what, this guy been, you know, off for a long time, Perez, you know, with the injury and trying to fight back and get back into game shape and get back on the field. And it was just good to see him out there, right, because he even been out there. So uh, what I did see in that game, he struggled a little bit. It just shows that this kid is still a little rusty, still working his way back. And I was encouraged by the fact that even though he gave up some penalties, Perez, he gave up a sack, he still played hard. Yeah, and that's why I said, obviously, everything you said there, I agree with in the fact that he's not only just a rookie, but the guy hasn't played a lot of football in the last year or so. And so that's something to keep in mind. He's trying to get himself back into shape. But also, it's the NFL. This is his first, this is his first action in the NFL game. 
And so, of course, he wasn't going to be perfect, but I thought that for the most part, I thought he was okay. He's going to learn from it. And, and that's what it was encouraging about that. But overall, we got to shore this up because, hey, while it's all good and fine for guys to be kind of working their way into, you know, the NFL game, we got a franchise quarterback. We can't allow him to get the hits on him because the guys in front of him can't do their job. So that's the thing that I kind of worry about, a We all do as Bears fans. We worry about Justin Fields' health. And you talk about health-wise, we're talking about his blind side, where Jenkins doesn't really care much about Fields and wondered that, hey, if a guy comes from his blind side and hit those ribs, right, those are things you kind of worry about. So you're right. We can't play games with this offensive line because, again, we got Justin Fields' health. And we're talking about long-term health press, a guy who we want to have to see stick around for at least 10-plus years. So, yeah, we got to take that into consideration at all times, man. Now, another thing, too, that I wanted to talk about with the audience, and it, it kind of goes back into the key that I had when it came to special teams. Not only is Jakeem Grant somebody in special teams that really impressed me today, but Khalil Herbert continues to do a great job in that kickoff return game. And that's what gave me a lot of things that I kind of look at this roster, look at some of the people that are on this team and say, man, we got some talent. We got a lot of things to work with on this team. It's just a matter of putting guys in the correct position for them to make plays out there. But I really love the juice that those guys brought in the return game today. We got some nice talent. Herbert did well, Perez. He ran well with the football. I mean, he put us in some good field positioning when he got it. So I, I like to see this kid show us what he's able to do. Not only is he a good running back, Perez, but it turns out that he's a good, you know, kickoff returner too. So, and that's one thing you like about, that's the one pick you say, well, Ryan Pace, you kind of give him credit for that you can say, oh, this is a nicely young piece that's going to be pretty good for us uh, for the near future. Well, he's had some some other good late round picks as well. You know, your boy Mooney and guys like that. But I would say for the the big detractors of Ryan Pace, I think a lot of times people are going to criticize him for the drafting of Mitchell Trubisky, right? That's something he's never yes. going to be able to shake. And this is no, he can't shake that. And his inability in the first round. I'm more pissed off with the fact that he's hired two coaches here that haven't gotten the job done. Do we allow him to, to hire a third coach? I say no. Nah, you can't do that. <laughs> you cannot do that. And the other thing, Perez, you hit a good point earlier about the culture, right? That's part of the culture. Pace's mindset, right? His mindset is part of the culture. Has that changed? And if that has not changed, Perez, it's going to be a problem. I just wonder how the team would feel when it gets back to them that Ryan Pace left the game with 10 minutes left. See, attitude reflects leadership. I learned that a long time ago. You're supposed to go down with your team, man. I, fuck that. And it's me as a fan. I never leave a game early. Now, I'm not going to judge any of you guys that listen and you guys decide to leave a game early if the team's getting blown out. I don't. I'm going to sit there, and I'm going to go down with the ship. That's just how I rock as a fan. But Ryan Pace, you're an executive on this team. You should never leave the fucking stadium before that clock says zero, zero, zero. And I hope that some of these guys on the team remember that shit. Just remember that. That's your GM that did that. Well, Press, once they get word back, I'm quite sure there's going to be players on this team who are not happy about that. Like you said, Perez, your team is going down. You go down with the team. It's the team you built at that. So you cannot turn your back on the team like this. And leaving that early, Perez, that is a sign that you turned your back. Yeah, it is. Like, what the fuck are you going to do? Trying to beat traffic home? Get the fuck out of here, bro. (laughs) Where you going? You ain't going nowhere. No. Nowhere. (laughs) What a fucking idiot. So. A-Dub, with this matchup, you knew the Bears were in trouble when? I knew they were in trouble, Perez, when it came to the third quarter, uh, first possession, unfortunately. And when Justin Fields 
fumble that football mm-hmm. off that play by Smith, I knew we were in trouble because I said, you know what? One of the teams you don't want to turn the ball over against is Green Bay. And they're in good field positioning for us to score another touchdown. They did. So that play right there was it for me. I said, there's no way we're going to come back from him. Yeah, I mean, that was a tough one, uh, A-Dub. I, I do, when I think back on that game, that was definitely something that was pretty tough to see because the very next possession, after the, the damn Packers drive down for a touchdown drive, then we give the ball away, and they took advantage of it because that was the play where Aaron Rodgers threw the touchdown pass to Aaron Jones. Right. Or you know it, they're up 38-27. to 27, So very, very fair point. For me, though, A-Dub, I knew we were in trouble when Nagy decided to punt on fourth and inches in the fourth quarter, we were down by 11. Oh, that was fucking awful. And you know what? Cowardly, cowardly. Run the fucking football, Matthew. What are you doing? Bro, your season is over. Run the fucking ball. Have some fucking pride. Punting on fourth and inches, bro? That's like giving up. What are we doing? I said, you got Montgomery back there. Why not run the football with him? Matter of fact, you can use bootleg with Justin Fields on the outside for once. But I think the way Justin Fields running today, Chris, I thought he could have picked up a yard, a half a yard at that. So it's like, man, you got scared. You saw that Green Bay had a lot, a lot of the momentum already. Let's get some of that back, Chris. Let's get it back. And we're trying to get it back. Why not go for it on fourth and inches? And on top of that, too, so then they make the decision to, to punt. And then the officials, they caught that questionable penalty on Vildor that negated the muff punt recovery that the Bears had. And I thought that was a, a really pivotal turning point in the game as well because at first I'm thinking like, fuck, Vildor, you have done some other stupid shit. But then when I saw the replay of it, I'm like, no, 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 that was questionable because he got back in bounds as soon as he could. So I thought the refs, that was one of those things where that was one of those favorable calls for Green Bay. You know, A-Dub, we say this all the time. The officials always have a tendency of, of giving Green Bay a call every once in a while. Yeah, they got one of them press because I thought the same thing. The first when place first happened, I was like, damn, Bildo, not again. <laughs> You've been screwing up all season for the most part. And then, like you say, seeing the replay, I was like, nah, nah, nah. To me, I really didn't beat Bildo up, up that badly over that play because I really thought it was more the referees than him. Yeah, but to that point, though, that just goes to show you that the impact the special teams had in this ball game because that was potentially another play on the third phase that was going to work in our advantage. I mean, we even recovered an onside kick there in the game as well. So special teams got it done. They did. Special teams did get it done for us because you're right. On that play with Vildor, I will take the recovery, you know, because like it gave us some momentum with it. But again, they threw the penalty flag out there and took away all the momentum back and put it back on Green Bay. So we had to punt it again. And then also, like you said, with Herbert getting that, um, you know, offside uh, kick, I thought that was cool too. So it just showed, like you said, special teams was a big factor, man, to, in this game here. I was proud to see that, hey, that's something we haven't seen all season really from our uh, special teams. So it was encouraging to see us do some good plays on special teams. No, fair point there. Now, when you look at this game and we scored 30 points against Green Bay, but we still get blown out. Green Bay scored 45 points. So when I look at that, I say, first of all, I can't believe the Bears scored 30 points in the game. But then, however, I got to look at the defense and say, what happened to our defense? Because Teams used to be afraid to play the Chicago Bears because they didn't want to go up against that Bears defense. Right now, teams got the Bears circled on their calendar. Like, yeah, I can't wait to play that defense. I can't wait. My offense going to throw the ball 40 times on them. They see blood at times when they see the Bears, friends. They're like, okay, we know what they can do. We know about their defensive line. Everyone knows about defensive line they can be at times. could be dominant. A secondary is not the same way. 
we got some guys that we can pick on in that secondary. And that's just see happened a lot of times, Fred, with short passes or even when they go deep, like with Green Bay, they picked on us. And I'm like, man, this is what the teams have been doing to us all season. It just gets old, man, because like I said, that was the pride and tradition of this Bears team. For years, we even talked about it when Mitch was the quarterback. Well, hey, thank God for the defense because the offense kept having three and outs and the defense was having to overwork themselves. Well, now we got a competent offense. I mean, Justin Fields moves the football. We're putting up points, but the defense is not getting the fucking job done. I mean, you gave up 45 fucking points. Damn, how does that happen? <laughs> you get the scratch in your head, friends, and you start talking about how much money in, in a way invested in this defense. We're giving up 45 points to Green Bay. Really? Of all things, this team you don't want to get 45 points up to, but at the end of the day, even if that many points, friends, it's just tough. You're expecting the Bears to win with scoring 30 points, friends. They should. But now... Remember what I said, not only on the preview pod, but in week six, when Aaron Rodgers came to Chicago and said that he owned us. And what did I tell you? I said, I wanted that defense to remember those words and be pissed off by that shit and come in this game and show us that those words matter to them. Well, guess what? I didn't see that. Where was the motivation on defense? Yeah, some of those guys didn't take it as, to me, didn't feel like they took it as serious as some of the guys on the defensive line. I thought Robert Quinn was one of the guys that took him serious for his because I thought he wanted to get back at him. Even when he got that sack, he was like, hey, look, I'm going to do the discount double check on your ass, you know? Uh, but I was looking for the rest of the guys to step up and run with him on that part, Chris, and I didn't see that. Yeah, Robert Quinn definitely showed a little juice there. Jalen Johnson, during the week, he said that he took those words personal. But to that point, I just didn't see enough of that out there in the field. I need right. I need one of those guys to put a hit on, on Roger and remind him what was up. But I like that point that you made about Robert Quinn, because Robert Quinn definitely got that sack, and he definitely let Aaron Rodgers know, no, nah, motherfucker, I own you. This is my shit right here. <laughs> yeah, yes, indeed, Chris. Where are the other guys that took that to say, oh, Robert Quinn is showing up. Let us get behind him and put in some work as well. And you hit a point with our secondary. I don't know where the hell A.S. was at. Jenna Johnson showed me something, Perez. I, I give, like you say, I give him that. But the rest of the team, you're like, hey, where the rest of you guys are at? And that fight is what I didn't see. That competition, right? Competing, Perez. I didn't see that. Oh, it's just horse shit. I mean, this talent. That's, that's what we're looking at here is talent and scheme in that secondary. You got all these corners that on other NFL teams, they probably wouldn't even play. But these guys are starting. On our defense right now. That's a problem. We got torched again on, on primetime TV. That's a problem. But also, the defense, I have to be honest here and say the injuries are also a big part of the equation here with this team. Now, yes. I'm not going to use that as an excuse, but I'm just going to say this not having a Hakeem Hicks out there, that's a big time loss. Not having Khalil Mack is a big time loss. That's somebody that you can't replace. You can't replace a Khalil Mack. You can't replace a Hakeem Hicks. Those are big guys that are out right now. Yeah, now you're making a good point, Perez. Those are your money guys right there. You talk about guys who really make a big impact. Those are two, you mentioned, key names for this defense. Hicks and Mack. Expecting Robert Quinn, Eddie Goldman, and Gibson to really, you know, hold things down. And as you can see, they can't do it alone. No, and then like I said, Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams. A top five receiver in this league, and he showed us why tonight, man. Because he cooked that secondary, bro. Yeah, he cooked them in many ways, Perez. I mean, he was on the outside at times, right? Because he wasn't always messed up with Jimmy Johnson. They also threw him in the slot, too. It was like, well, this guy's all over the field. They have an emotion to make sure he's not on Jimmy Johnson. It was like Aaron Rodgers knew that. And Aaron Rodgers said, this is a green light right now. I'm going to go to you. 
Yeah, no. And, I, and that's exactly what we saw in the game. And I mean, like I said, Devontae Adams is a complete receiver. And I mean, we we saw it tonight. The defense played one good quarter in this game and then for the rest of the game, they dipped. You can't win like that. <laughs> you can't win like that. This offense is not going to win a shootout against Green Bay. It's not going to do it. You're not going to win a shootout, especially if you're going to turn the football over at that too, Chris. You can't win against that. I mean, I thought the Vikings got lucky when they beat them because the Vikings played, didn't have a perfect game. They pretty much scored every possession. I didn't think we would do that. <laughs> so I was like, we're not right. that kind of a team. We don't have that kind of firepower, Chris. But we don't have that kind of firepower, right? So no. it's like, nah, we can't expect to do that. We got to really beat them with controlling the clock, Chris, and playing great defense. And like you said, our defense just wasn't there. Football fans, who's ready to score some free bets? Now you can when you bet any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sport Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, bet $1 on either team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania, new customers only. Minimum of $5 deposit and $1 wager required. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambler problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now back to the show. Now you remember during the offseason, we were in Hallis Hall a lot. And we heard a lot of people raving about the speed on, at the receiver room. Even, even you and I talked about it on the show. We do have a very fast receiver room. So one of the things in this game today is that we actually saw them utilize the speed. Jakeem Grant, Demir Bird. You remember how we talked about it for weeks? Like, where's Demir Bird? We heard his name in, in Hallis Hall all summer. And so the one thing that I did like in this matchup, because I do want to get into some positives, that I thought offensively we got the ball in the hands of some of these playmakers, some of these fast guys that we know that can take the top off of the defense. So I really liked seeing that, that you had – guys that made a difference when they got the ball in their hands in positions, A-Dub, where they can make a play. I was kind of, you know, happy to see Bird show out the speed down the middle, catch that, either catch from, from Fields and burn these guys and get a touchdown. And it was also good to see Grant do the same thing. He got on the sideline running for a touchdown. So you're right, man, it's good to see us use the speed. My point is like, hey, where the hell that speed been all, all season, right, Press? We haven't utilized it enough. So now all of a sudden against Green Bay, we decide to use some of that? Come on now. No, yeah, that was a hell of a run by Jakeem Grant. And also the big part about that play was that, and this is going to be surprising to the audience, but I thought that the play design was really good on that play because look at how many people out in front of him making blocks. And when you got a guy that fast with those type of people in front of him, he got escorted into the end zone. <laughs> basically, friends, basically, run behind his blockers, there are like four or five people right there, just right there, just blocking for him. That was just a very good design play. It was a good call, too. So I got to give Bill Lazor a lot of credit for that play. So it was a very good design, perfect timing, and it worked out very well for us for a touchdown. And I also want to go back to the Demir Bird touchdown that we were talking about a second ago. 
I got to give credit to Justin Fields on that because Justin Fields, the previous drive, threw a pick six. He was trying right. to target Darnell Mooney. It was a bad throw. He was late with it. The Packers ran it back for a touchdown. However, I have to give Justin Fields credit because, yeah, that was an awful pass. He can't do that, Justin. But what did he do? He came back from that and threw a touchdown. You got to have a short memory in his league. And Justin Fields right there showing me, listen, that's progression. That's experience. Those are the things that you want. That's why you want him playing these games down the stretch because this is going to be valuable for his, de- his development. That's what you call learning very quickly, Perez, because I did see that interception, what, trying to target Money Moon, and he was watching Money Moon the whole time, Perez. Right. And then interception happened, right? So no surprise there. The, the defense can see that, right? They was watching his eyes. But you're wrong. That very next drive, here we go. Justin Fields makes a great pass. That short memory, Perez, of saying, you know what? I'm not going to let that pick six bother me. I'm going to come back with a vengeance, right? And that's that toughness you like from this kid, having a short memory with things like that. When, it happens. when things go wrong, he don't dwell on it. He comes back better. Yeah, you can't dwell on it. And like I said, I like that. I also like that he's continuing to develop some chemistry with these receivers. So Devere Bird, Jakeem Grant. And I wish that he was having that same chemistry with Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson returned from that injured hamstring, and he was on the milk carton out there. Darnell <laughs> Mooney was also on the milk carton today. So my thing is, he's developing chemistry with the others. However, our quote-unquote one and two receivers, they were very quiet tonight. Weren't getting open, no separation. That's not a winning recipe for your rookie quarterback to have success on the road when your receivers can't fucking get open. The number one and number two receivers on the team supposed to be that can't get open prayers or who, who he can't target. It's like, man, Aaron, hey, Rob, I thought you'd come back and be to make an impact. Money Moon, of course, I was thinking the same thing. But your two number two, your one and two wide receivers can't make an impact in a big game like this. That's tough, Perez. You can't win that way. I mean, I'm, especially to watch the Adams make an impact. So, yeah, it was unfortunate to see that Money Moon, A-Rob, just didn't do well. Well, I mean, what you just basically said it, A-Dub, Devontae Adams is a true number one receiver. We don't have that. You know, this whole time, we thought that's what A-Rob was, but if you looked at him in that game, he wasn't no wide receiver one. Justin Fields don't have a wide receiver one right now. That's also another indictment on Ryan Pace. It just lets you know what's Things going to look like in the offseason, Perez. As you mentioned before on this pod, doesn't like A-Rob maybe coming back. Man, A-Rob unchecked out on us already. That motherfucker, man. He wants, he wants, if this season could end tomorrow, A-Rob would be good with that. He wants out of here, man. That man don't care. He want to get paid. Now, I was a huge A-Rob guy. I wanted him to get paid, but he let this contract situation get in his head. This man does not want to fucking be here. I thought with the fact that him having Justin Fields as his quarterback this season, that man was going to be motivated. Him and, and Justin Fields have no chemistry. They have no rapport. None. I thought it would get better over time. <laughs> I really did, Press. We're nearing the end of the season. It's getting closer near the end of the season. So it's like that hope is really going away. When I look at this thing, so now we did touch on some of the positives on offense, but A-Dub, I'll be remiss if I didn't talk about something that really bothered me from this game. So you mentioned the turning point for you was in that third quarter. I have to talk to the audience real quick about the fact that while we were up 27 to 21 at the half, why was it that David Montgomery only got one carry after that? And they waited until the final drive of the fucking game to get him involved in the passing game when it's obvious that those opportunities were there. See, that's what I'm saying. When fans, they start talking about, oh, that was a laser uh, play call. That was a naggy play call. It doesn't matter. The play calling has been suspect all season. It doesn't matter who does it. You know, Bill Lazor 
isn't fucking uh, Bill Walsh now. Let's not get get it twisted around here. <laughs> you know, he's competent, but he ain't no damn Bill Walsh now. He ain't revolutionized fucking offensive fucking play calls. But my point of saying that is you can't go away from the running game. This was a game where we were on top. Run the ball. And the game was still, in my opinion, for us, even when Green Bay came out and scored right away, it was still in, in hands of us, right? We still got a chance of, of competing in this game or even trying to win this game. You're right. We avoid the run game. And for me, I'm like, well, you're going to avoid the run game. At least, at least give Montgomery some touches, Fresh. Get Montgomery involved. You're not going to let him run it. Well, we didn't do that, Fresh. We didn't do that at all. So it's like we abandoned one of the guys who really helped carry this team forward. And that's Montgomery. This is the guy who we saw a couple weeks ago rushing and doing everything we need him to do, Fresh. Catch the football, run the football. And all of a sudden, this game here, we don't utilize him to that degree. And listen, it comes down to coaching, man. And that's why another reason why this offense, to me, didn't look so well in that second half was because of coaching. No adjustments. We talked about that early. Matt Nagy's now 1-7 against Green Bay in his four seasons here. This game is just another reminder of why they're going to part ways with him. Nagy got out coached in this game, A-Dub. He did nothing to help Justin Fields in this game. He coached scared, as we made a reference to a little while ago. That fucking field goal attempt, we're down 18 points in the ball game, and you decide to kick a field goal. <laughs> the fuck is you doing, bro? We are trying to win a football game. We're in a game where we're losing, Press. We are losing. Come on, man. Like you say, we got to really take some risk. A little bit of a risk, Press. We got to go, man. We got to try to win this football game. The fact that Nagy really didn't make any adjustments, he kind of went into the halftime talking about how you know how great we played in that first half. Okay, cool. That's the first half. We got another half to play. What are we going to do about that? Because Green Bay is trying to figure out what they're going to do next. All we're doing right now is being a chili for the first half. That's on Nagy, man. So you're right, Perez. He don't come out talking about what we're going to do differently. We don't do nothing different. We try to play the same way we played the first half, Perez. And guess what? It did not work. No, because the Packers were ready for it. They were prepared for that shit. <laughs> it's just awful, awful. And we got a lame duck head coach. He knows his job is, is done. The players know it. The fan base knows it. So this is what we got to do with. We got four more games of this bullshit, A-Dub. This is going to be tough to watch. It's tough to watch, man, because you already know what this is. This team's going nowhere fast. We don't even have our first-round draft pick in the next draft. So this top five, top ten pick is going to go to the Giants, which I'm okay with because we got Justin Fields. However, I will never, ever be one of these people that's going to say I root for losses because I think that's cowardly. But generally, if you have a 10-11 loss season, you might have a top draft pick that's going to come from that. Now we don't even have that. What we got to do now, Chris, is work what we got, what we have right now and sort of do things through free agency. So it's like, man, we're in a tough spot in a way, in a way you know, and I kind of feel bad for Justin Fields. I'm like, you know what? I don't want this guy's first couple of years to be bad, Chris, right? I mean, we got one that's bad right now this season. I mean, it's a wrap, Chris. It's a wrap. But you talk about the next season now. You got your mindset on that. What are we going to do then? Well, you brought up Justin Fields, and, and I think that I'll be remiss to point out another thing that concerned me with this game was pass protection. I talked about the fact that Justin took a lot of hits. You talked about Tevin Jenkins and his struggles that he had when he replaced Jason Peters. Those are all fair things to bring up. But time and time again, pass protection has been a problem with this team. And you just cannot have that quarterback get a hit like that. Now, Larry Borum 
In my opinion, has been solid there at right tackle. That was a good find. I think that was another one of Ryan Pace's nice little late-round draft yeah. picks. However, though, the interior of that line in this game today, you saw Kenny Clark making plays out there. He was blowing Sam Mustafer off the ball. There were a couple times I saw where Sam Mustafer was jumping early. They didn't call it, and he still got beat. Sam Mustafer has not been great this season. You hit it on the head about this offensive line, man. It still got some worries. And then you think about Jenkins, you hope he's going to be much better than what he is, which I believe. But you also got to think about Peterson, how much longer do you want to play, right? Does he even think about wanting to go play next season? Who knows what's going to happen there? So we kind of look at ourselves and say we're in a tough spot. And then you talk about how Kenny Clark kind of went through us, man, today. He actually took over one of those series, Fred. You talk about that, that first series in the second half. He took over, man. I mean, he was like just blowing Buster back, man. A good, I mean, he was getting tackles, everything. Audience, if you guys remember in that game, it was a David Montgomery run where they tried to go up the middle. Kenny Clark blew it up. It was a loss of two on David Montgomery. Then the next play, you saw Justin Fields scrubbing out of the pocket, and Kenny Clark got him. Got him. <laughs> Kenny Clark just showed you pretty much what he's able to do. And, he's, and, I, and we talked about it in the preview pod. That was a guy that we were going to have to neutralize, and it just didn't happen. So <laughs> we got a lot of things that we need to improve with this ball club. And so you talked about free agency, but I feel like they got to do better with the draft. You're supposed to be building your team through the draft, meaning you got to hit on some of those early picks just as well as you hit on maybe one or two of your late-round picks. Free agency is cool, but a lot of times GMs and people don't talk about this. Free agency, they have to use it to make up for when they miss in the damn draft. And Ryan Pace has had to use free agency so many times because he's missed on so many picks. And that's a good point for us. You know, free agency costs, right? You try to bring guys over from other teams or free agents, it's going to cost money. But you're right. If you get it through the draft, that's much better right there. So, yeah, we've missed on too many opportunities, man, in the draft. And it has come back to bite us in the way. And uh, let's get into something a little bit more positive. Let's give out some game balls. Who's getting your game ball in office, bro? Easy for me, Perez. I had to give it a grant, man. Um, <laughs> I mean, that first half was just amazing to watch him play. I mean, Perez, on that third drive with him getting that 46-yard TD run. I mean, I saw the awesome speed there. Then you talked about the punt return he got for 97 yards. Some of the catches he got as well in the game. Perez, it's just that, to me, I thought he's the most impactful player on the offense um, in, in this particular game, especially in that first half. Back-to-back weeks that Jakeem Grant's getting the game ball on this podcast. And what did I tell the listeners, A-Dub, about Jakeem Grant and what he was going to be able to bring to this team, potentially. We are missing Tariq Cohen. Jakeem Grant brings a lot of speed to this team. And we were missing that element on offense as far as a gadget player like Tariq Cohen was and the creative ways that they got him the ball back in 2018. So I really like the fact that Jakeem Grant has shown you that he could be that Tariq Cohen-type clone in his offense. And I hope that Jakeem Grant makes it back on his team next year because I really like what he's brought to the equation. I will say one thing, Fred. He actually has earned it, right? You see these past few weeks, Brent has been a guy who can say, you know what? He's got an opportunity, and he's been actually playing well with it. So I hope he continues to do what he's doing now, Fred, play well. But you're right. He's a guy I want to see on this team next season. And I know a lot of people in the fan base, they were complaining about him earlier in the season when he was bringing the punts out of the end zone. And what did I tell him? I said, look, the guy's aggressive. I didn't have a problem with it. And I still don't have a problem with it. You know, even on that punt return, when he reversed field like that, I'm sure people were nervous, but I wasn't. Because I'm like, look, this guy's got speed to get the corner. And once he gets that corner, he's gone. And so I really like what he brings because, yeah, he might take some chances. Well, fuck, we're a four-wheel team. 
What we got to lose? <laughs> exactly. We need somebody to take some chances. And uh, Brent has no problem doing that for us. So he's trying to make something out of nothing. So I give my game ball offensively to Cairo Santos. He's missing consistent. Three field goals today, three extra points. Now, I was a little pissed off with the last field goal, not because <laughs> he hit it, but the fact of why Matt Nagy sent them out there to do so. But anyway, when you think about this guy, 19 to 22 on field goals this season, we know that that was 60 yarder that Matt Nagy made him kick. We should put an asterisk on that miss because Matt Nagy didn't get it, put, didn't put him in a good position there. But still, when you look at those numbers, excellent numbers on the season. So I give my good ball to Cairo Santos. I love what he brings to this offense, and he's been invaluable to our success. Santos has made me a believer. Again, I've always called him the underdog Perez because, you know, uh, he wasn't the first choice, but he actually earned his opportunity. Salute to Santos, man. Got us. have no worries when it comes down to our kicker. All right, so on defense, who's getting your game ball? On defense, I went with Quinn, but I thought that Quinn did enough for me with his sacks. I mean, he got two nice sacks on Aaron Rodgers, right? Some pressure. I thought they got us started with that. The fact that he was one of the big part of the reason why Aaron Rodgers didn't score in his first couple of possessions, I thought he made a big impact out there. So I wish it would have carried over with the rest of the team, as I mentioned before, but it didn't happen that way. But I got to go with Quinn because he's still showing me that, hey, I'm a guy, I'm a guy to be reckoned with. They got a game plan for me because I'm coming. Yeah, I've been saying that on this show for weeks now. I mean, he's getting the Khalil Mack treatment. So teams are now having a game plan against him, but he's still having success out there. And those two sacks, now he's got 14 on the season. Three and a half away from Richard Diss team record. So Robert Quinn, as I keep saying to you guys, audience, and I'm going to keep saying it, this man's going to be defensive comeback player of the year, but I damn sure think he's in the conversation to be defensive player of the year. He's having himself a season. Yeah, he's having himself a season, but one thing I want him to do, Perez, is to at least give himself a shave or something, man. <laughs> at least cut some hair, hair but that face hair off. Man, ain't nobody worried about what that man is facial hair looks like. He keeps acting the quarterback like that. He can continue to look like he live on the block. Because he do look like he's straight from the block. And I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm okay with it. But the way that man sacked the quarterback, bro, I'm telling you, he looked like he from the gutter. And I'm okay with it. Robert, you do your thing, bro. <laughs> hey, look, if the hell gonna keep making sack spreads, I-, I can roll with that there, brother. See, man. that's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to tell you. Hey, I stand up. Keep doing you, Robert. Keep sacking the quarterback, too, while you in it. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, <laughs> Doug got jokes over here. <laughs> All right, so my underperformer, my bear down for week 14, hey, Dub. I just got to say it. I had two guys, but I'm, I'm only going to tell y'all one of them. Allen Robinson. Now, Big Dave was trying to get me to go in on A-Rob last week. I wouldn't take the bait. I kind of went in on him a little bit earlier in this show, and I just can't help it, man. I was such an A-Rob fan, and I still rock with A-Rob, but, man, what I don't rock with is people that quit. And I feel like he's kind of quit on the season. He's quit on this team. I'm sorry. I looked at some of the effort out there on his routes. I also looked at there was plays out there in the running game where if he would have made a block, he could have opened up a play for the running back. On the 19-yard run there, he had really poor effort on the block. It's just stuff like that. That bothers me. And I understand that the guy wants to get paid and, you know, yeah, get your money, bro. But at the same time, have some pride. You play for the Chicago Bears, bro. That means something. That means something to me. It means something to A-Dub. It means something to the people that watch you play, to the people that wear that 12 jersey of yours. It means something to them. When you put that fucking jersey on, man, you go out there on the field, you give it your all. Fuck your contract. You put it out there on the line, man. You put it all out there. And what's also unfortunate, Perez, 
is I wonder if some of that BS rubbed off on Money Moon. Because, you know, he's a mentor to Money Moon, right? And Money Moon had no good game either. And I thought Money Moon didn't do a good job at getting separation either. So I'm like, because neither one of y'all playing well at all. So I thought it kind of rubbed off on Money Moon too. Well, that was the second guy I had on, on my thing as an underperformer this week. So I'm glad you brought him up. One catch, 19 yards. And, and this guy continues to cause interceptions for Justin Fields. Man. The guy, well, it's been multiple times, A-Dub, where Justin Fields is throwing the ball his way now. And the, the one in that fourth quarter, it might have been a tad bit high. But I'm sorry. It's still a catch that Money Moon's got to have. Mooney, you got to catch that ball. Because that was now another interception that you caused with a damn tip or a deflection. Come on, man. Get open. Press, get it right on the head. He was my underperformer. <laughs> I'm like, Money Moon, come on, man. This is a primetime game. You're playing like trash right now. I'm going to be totally honest. You know, that's my guy, Chris. I roll with him. He's my man. It's pots and pans. But we're going to play that way, Chris, the way he played today. Come on, man. You are not giving me the effort, the maximum effort. And, and quite frankly, you are making Justin Fields look a little bad right here. Because you're right. You can't keep tipping the ball. Either you're going to catch it or you're not, man. You're not going to catch it knock it all the way down. Don't keep tipping the ball in the air, Chris. And then someone else get it intercepted. And right. I've seen him do this plenty of times this season. He's done this multiple times in the season. So he's still doing the same thing. So for me, i got to call out Money Moon. Bad effort. And I think it might be time to, for people to stop anointing him because the guy still hasn't really done much in his career, if I'm being honest. Now, he could be a solid wide receiver, too, in this league, but we got to stop anointing Darnell Mooney, man, because at this point in time, when I'm looking at him out there, Justin Fields does not have a lot of weapons that when I look at this offense, when I look at this offense and I look at the Green Bay Packers and what Aaron Rodgers has to work with versus what Justin Fields has to work with, Darnell Mooney, you got to step it up, bro. You got to step it up, bro. Yeah, you got to step this game up, Perez. And one thing I'm glad you brought up, though, Perez, is the fact that he's not a number one. That's been very obvious. With A-Rod being gone, I, we did see Money Moon have some good games, Perez. But overall, he has proven to me that he's not really a number one. He's not a guy you can just go to. Maybe a big playmaker at times, Perez, but not a number one guy you can go to every single time, like we've done with A-Rod at times last year. Just go to him, right? A guy you just can lean on. Money Moon has not shown me that he's that type of guy yet. So he has a lot of growing to do for us if you want to get to become the number one threat on this team. But right now, I'm not happy with them with this game against the Packers. Yeah, I don't think he's a number one, and I think he's a borderline two. But mm-hmm. a lot of that could be scheme. It could be the fact that him and Justin Fields are still kind of working their way on chemistry. So we'll see. But right now, when I keep seeing these tip passes and these deflections from Mooney, the fact that he's not getting open, it's just tough to see. So. I'm glad that you and I were on the same page as far as that being another guy that underperformed because those receivers, those two guys particularly, did not help Justin Fields out at all today. I wonder what it would be if we didn't have Brent today in this game for Bird because those two guys stepped their game up. Money Moon, A-Rob, you guys hear it out from us. And also Justin Fields. I want to give him some, uh, some credit. Now, I know there were some people that said, oh, Justin Fields, his numbers were so-so. But the way Justin Fields is in there eluding pressure, he was getting pressure all damn game. His his The yards that you mentioned that he was getting, running the ball, that's huge. That helps your offense. And so that's a, a dynamic that Justin Fields brings to the equation, but also toughness. We talked about it earlier. He took a number of tough hits in his ball game. He got up. And that is going to bode well for him in the future of having the experience of playing in this game, playing at Lambeau, playing against Green Bay. He's only going to get better from this. 
down. So he's only going to get better from the press. But one thing I also can add to that is that he did a good job at sliding, right? When he got a chance to scramble, get out of that pocket press and run for some uh, positive yards, he slid. He slid a lot uh, in, in his game. So I'm starting to see growth with him. He's learning fast, learning pretty quickly to get out help and not take some hits, though. But he's still taking some hits that we don't want to see him take still. Yeah, man. Yeah. But audience, unfortunately, there are still four games left in this miserable season, as I mentioned earlier in the show. And we have the Minnesota Vikings now coming in here next Monday, Monday night game. The Vikings are coming to town. I will be there. No, I'll be at that game. However, (laughs) it's going to be tough, man, because we know what's getting ready to happen. We know it. I already know what's going to happen. You got Thielen and Jefferson coming in here. And you saw what Dalvin Cook did on Thursday night. That's who's getting ready to come in here next Monday. Woo! Our defense got their work cut out for them, man. Sure. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. We're talking about running. I mean, you mentioned Jefferson and Thielen. Those two guys, man, dominated. They've done a good job against Green Bay. They, they're a big part of dominating them. So we got them playing against that team. Man, our defense going to have to work and prepare for that. And then also Nagy, right, Perez? Adjustments. <laughs> good luck to us. Good luck to us. Man, that man ain't never made no adjustment. That ain't happening. <laughs> that ain't happening. It ain't happening. Right? <laughs> it ain't happening, man. I'm with you. Not we happening. got four more games of him running this damn team into the ground. I'm, I'm just sick of this shit. I'm sick of him. I'm just sick of watching this shit, man. It's, 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 this is hard to watch. Now, we got another primetime matchup coming up. And it's another opportunity for us to be embarrassed on fucking national TV. I'm just sick of it, man. I'll tell you one thing. It wasn't for Justin Fields. I'm not sure how people will tune in press to watch that game. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And I think that's what it really comes down to because we all want to see Justin. I'm, that's why I'm going to brave the cold because I'm sure it's going to be cold as shit out there next week. But I'm going to be braving <laughs> the cold because of Justin, because he gives us that hope. And that's the guy that I really feel like they owe it to him to clean house. Do that shit yeah. for Justin. Because when you looked at him in the presser, and you saw the expression on his face. He's over this naggy regime. We're all over it. Yeah. And like you alluded to before, Press, the kid is not used to losing. <laughs> this is the first time we really take some losses. And I know he's working through it and looking to get better. But, man, it's got to be harder on man. It really does, Press. It got to be harder to watch these losses pile up like this. Yeah, like you said, he's not built for this type of shit. But, like I said, I think it's humbling him. And I think that he'll be better for it going forward. But audience, yes, sir. Before we get out of here, we want to thank everyone that has donated for the second annual toy drive that we're doing with Child Link. Anybody that's that has the link, and if you haven't already purchased your gift, please do so by December 18th. That will ensure that the gift will arrive to the child before the Christmas holiday. And like I said, anyone that has not asked for a link, please reach out to us on DM. We'll send you over the Amazon wishlist link. It'll help some kids have a Merry Christmas. There's still 38 kids that haven't had a gift purchase for them. We would love for people of this show or people within our network of friends and family to be able to help make every single kid that's a part of that agency get a gift that they wanted for the Christmas holiday. Great point right there, Perez. And thank you to all of you all who actually have donated a toy to Child Link. I know the kids are going to be um, happy and thankful for. But man, to bless somebody on Christmas, that's awesome. And I want to thank everyone who participated in this. And audience, if there's people out here that are listening to this and they're like, hey, I'm not in the position to donate, totally fine. But feel free to maybe share it with your network because maybe there's people that you work with 
family and friends of yours that may want to take advantage of this opportunity or may want to help, definitely feel free to hit us up. And actually, I do want to share one thing, Adele, before I get out of here. One of our listeners was kind enough to say not only did she donate to the toy drive, but she said that she actually reached out to Child Link and she wanted to figure out how she could get involved with potentially fostering a child. To me, when I read that, I'm like, holy shit, that's amazing. Even the, the CEO of Child Link reached out and said, yeah, I can't believe like one of your listeners reached out and said they want to know how they could directly impact one of the students. So she said that she's going to be taking some classes. I guess when you want to become a foster, A-Dub, I didn't know this, but they have to take classes to prepare themselves. So I guess she's got six months to get herself prepared. But that just shows the awesomeness of not only of just people and the spirit that people have for giving back, but this person in particular that said, I want to give back in an even more meaningful way than just donating a gift. So salute to you and this salute to everybody, like A-Dub said, that has donated. And even the people that have not donated that have shared this with other people, salute to all you guys. Absolutely. That young lady friends have touched my heart by taking on that challenge and wanting to do something um, so selfless, right? And uh, you appreciate these people in the world who are that generous and willing to do things that um, are unprecedented in many ways. So thank you to her for wanting to take on that challenge. Bless her heart, man. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Audience. We're on to Minnesota. We're going to have our preview pod this week and also our Winter Circle show as well on Saturday. Hey, man, another game for us we're going to prepare for. I hope we can show up to that game and win, but we'll see what happens, friends, against the Vikings. We'll definitely see what happens. Audience, we appreciate you guys to continue support and making this a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast on the Minnesota, and we are out. Thanks for listening to The Barry Sentence. You can find this show wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate your continued support and for making this a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. As always, Bears Nation, come down with us.